Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sports Graded Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Davis Maddock, joined by Andrew Barron as we do our weekly NFL DFS preview. We did game by game last week. We're going to do position by position this week because that's what we used to do for the premium show mm-hmm. on DailyRoto.com. And I think it makes more sense in the context of building lineups. So if you're listening to this on Sunday morning or whatever, I think it's more useful and helpful that way. Uh, week one was just annoying because all the chalk hit. Mahomes, smash. Pittman, smash. Uh, Saquon. It, Saquon. That was, the, that was the one that just destroyed me. I, I mean, was... I, the highest owned player at every position ended up being in the Millie Maker winning team, I believe. Really? <laughs> oh, my God. Well, Kelsey, On week one, that's incredible. It, yeah. I don't know if Saquon ended up being the most owned, but Mahomes... Saquon, like mm-hmm. like four of the guys who were the most on players in the cash games were in the Millionaire Maker winning lineup. Yeah, I was winning the PM Lotto on DraftKings for a while, and I, you know until like halftime or whatever. It was not not exciting necessarily, but it's like you know this is, it's pretty good because it had like half percent owned uh, Dontrell Hilliard, and then everything else was pretty. You know, it was like Mahomes with CH and all that, but did not have forty percent owned Saquon Barkley who just like had his first good game in three years when he was uh, the ultimate shock because of course he did. So this week we are, I mean, it's different. Like there just really is not anyone. There's not, I guess I, I should say it's different in that there's not one game that everyone will be stacking. Like you looked at ownerships in the early slate last week and you're like, Oh, literally everyone is just playing this Arizona, Kansas city game. The closest thing this week um is the arizona las vegas game and you know adams is going to be giga chalk i think greg dorch right now is the only guy under four thousand who is projecting well should be chalky but outside of that i mean you know really if you got to take on any of these games you should get like i have no problem uh single stacking bring backing for ownership purposes like any other game really I think that's right. There's not a lot of tout data out there yet. So like I'm a little bit behind as far as that goes, as far as like what people are talking about. Like, I don't really know, but we'll find that out. But as of right now, it's like, yeah, Saquon and Devontae Adams are going to be the, they're the two highest owned players on the slate. They're the only ones projecting over 20, a few more will as the, as more info comes in, but uh, we'll see there. Those definitely look to be like the super owned guys. And then quarterback is super spread out. There's a lot of ways you can attack it. I think, you know, everyone will start their cash games, which whatever about cash, you know, not necessarily primary focus of the show. You're going to start with Stafford or Carr. Those are the two highest. No, totals. Lance. Lance is going to be the cash game quarterback. Seriously? He's a, you run the optos, bro. He's in every yes. opto. 
oh, I'm well aware that Lance is by far the highest optimal quarterback. But like like we were talking about last week, remember you said you would play Lance in cash. And I was like, I love Lance in tournaments. I well, don't like it in cash I, because the floor is brutal. Ended up ended up uh, playing Lamar. But no, the, the team everyone will be playing in cash this week. For those of you, if you want in the secret lineup chat, this is who everyone's going to play in cash. You're going to play yeah, Trey Lance. Collude. You're going to play Trey Lance or Derek Carr at quarterback. You are going to play three of Saquon Barkley, Leonard Fournette, Daryl Henderson, or Joe Mixon at running back. Our our projection on Joe Mixon is not right. Right now, I need to. I need to fix that. I, I think it's an efficiency thing. So I will I will fix that. Uh, then yeah, I ran a prop tool earlier, and there was a 100% chance yeah, that uh, Marcus but, Mariota hit his under half of an interception because he didn't have a line on it. But Yeah, there, there are some uh, – we are – it's it's uh, Thursday afternoon. Things will be fixed in the projections by Sunday morning. You you guys have my word. But the, the, Bengals and, the Bengals and Dallas projections are wrong right now because they're based off of different efficiencies. Um, at wide receiver, everyone will play Devontae Adams. Most people will play Greg Dorch. And then you have your choice of Amon Ross St. Brown, Jerry Judy, or Brandon Cooks. Uh, tight end is Tyler Higby, Brevin Jordan, or Albert Okuibunum, and the Bengals defense. That is that is everyone's DraftKings cash game team. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that certainly if – I mean, if I – I don't really play cash, but I would play Stafford or Carr just because they're a little bit more than Lance. There's a much safer floor, and they're two 30-point totals. Lance, um, Lance got 13 last week in what can only be charitably called one of the worst quarterbacking performances I've ever seen. Yeah, my dude, like Lance is my favorite play of the week. Let's be clear. I'm going to absolutely load up on him you, in tournaments, you, but I think for cash specifically. Well, that's what I, that's actually what I wanted to start quarterback with, which is if, I mean, if Lance is 12% owned, I'm not playing him at all in tournaments, but if he's 6% owned, I will. Right. We don't have much stuff. I don't know what people are talking about, but honestly, Davis as the kind of the voice of the people, you know, uh, your instant, like we're going to jam all the Lance in is making me a little nervous that he's going to get up there right now. They're all kind of projecting, you know, the top guys are all six to 8% owned and he's my, right in there. My guess is ETR will, will be on Lance hard. My guess yeah, is that Cardi, yep. Cardi, Cardi stuff will actually be on car more. Cardi stuff was even on car oh, last sure. week. Yeah. So, so maybe the people who use the blitz instead of ETR or our stuff or labs or whatever won't be, but I mean, I, I think Carr and Lance are the cash game quarterbacks basically. Yeah. I think, it, yeah. I mean, I would say Carr or Stafford, but yeah, you're, you're probably not wrong as far as like what will actually happen. Um, But yeah, Lance is just monstrous. The thing with our stuff is anything as far as optimal probability goes, if the guy runs as well, <laughs> in addition to his normal skill set, then that just like the ceiling there is bananas. It, it, that's it. And that includes other positions like Curtis Samuel and, and Debo Samuel actually both have like bonkers looking optimal probabilities, and it's because they have a pretty good shot at a red zone touch, you know, and that like just exponentially increases your ceiling. So that is not exponential actually, but it does increase your ceiling. Uh, and Trey Lance is just pretty, I mean, it's a pretty sick spot. They have the like fourth highest total, and they're very cheap. They're also going to be without Elijah Mitchell. So, like, San Francisco, we, we can get to position by position, but I, I think this is an important, like, note on what to do about them, and I think it's going to keep them all a little bit low-owned, right, is they have three top running backs, Trey Lance, Debo Samuel, and then 
which whichever, probably Jeff Wilson, but who knows what we hear about TDP or whatnot. Those guys are all live. They have a great total against uh run defense that is probably going to be really bad. There's Seattle switching from four, three to three, four, which means you just have lighter guys on the field and they they're not super talented either. So I think that's going to be a really brutal run defense. And San Francisco is a very good running team. There's just three dudes that could be that could score two touchdowns on the ground. Like who do who are you leaning towards? What do you think it's going to be? I mean, my guess is that Lance and Debo just handle all the important touches here, and that Jeff Wilson Jr., TDP, Jordan Mason, they might combine for like 18 carries or whatever, but not any of the important ones. Like I, I would maybe even be a little surprised if. Lance doesn't score a one yard rushing touchdown in this game if they're in that spot. Uh I mean I'll book that at even odds. <laughs> I'm gonna I don't even I don't even know. That's probably not even what I have projected, but that's just how I'm thinking of it. Like and and Debo handled the two rushes they had inside yeah. it, their rushes inside the 10 last week for Debo and Lance. Yeah. No, it's true. Listen, it's a it's a smash spot. I am considering a like at least one of those three guys. I probably will not do that for all of my lineups because I play hundreds of them. I don't want to have like 30 something percent of each of them, but I would like to get significantly over the field with all three. And I think they vulture each other. I don't think they correlate particularly well, obviously Lance and whichever running back you want to go with. It's not going to, not going to be the greatest. Um, But I just, I think San Francisco has a really good shot at putting up a really good game. And it's probably going to be on the ground. Listen, similar logic I had last week on Baltimore because they were the biggest favorite. They were playing the worst run defense. They're the best running team. And I played way too much Mike Davis, uh, which stunk. Tough, tough scene for uh, for the Mike Davis truthers out there. Um, okay. Daniel Jones, 5,100, runs a little bit. Mm-hmm. I guess the, the issue with the Giants thesis was that they were negative pass rate over expected last week. And that was in a game they were underdogs. They did end up winning. They trailed for a lot of it. But the the idea that Dable was just going to port over that Bills offense uh, seems not true now. No, I don't. I don't think so because uh, Daniel Jones stinks, which is part of the problem. I do kind of like him this week specifically. I think actually people will pair him with Barkley. I think that is one that they'll be comfortable doing because Barkley had like 35% of the targets last week or whatever from him. I don't see that happening again. And I think if Jones wins a tournament, like a a large field tournament, I think if he wins one, he's going to have to run one in, which is going to snipe one from Barkley. So I kind of like him as leverage off of Barkley because I think Barkley is going to be just kind of like dumb chalk again this week. Um, So I don't, I don't mind the, I don't mind the play there. Do you know who to play with him? Is Kadarius Tony going to play more than seven snaps? He just popped up on the training camp report on the, on the injury report with a hamstring injury today. I mean, it would be pretty amazing to be able to play him like mm-hmm. uh, he would, he, you know, because he's going to come in at Greg Dorch week one point three percent ownership or whatever. But correct, no, it would be it would be I mean, probably Barkley, uh, but more likely Sterling Shepard. And he only saw four targets, but I would imagine that would ramp up this week because Wandale, so think... Wandale's not practicing either. Right. I think. To that end, I, I would say like overall thesis here is that I think that Jones to Barkley is like a is a bad play in giant tournaments. Like it could work, but they're more like for Jones to really get there, he probably runs one in and throws a lot to receivers and gets some yardage that way. I don't think 20 dump offs to Saquon where Saquon runs for 80 and catches 70 and catches two touchdowns. I don't think that's getting Jones there. 
I think yeah. they're going to need some rushing from Jones. Yeah. Um, I mean, I would like for Carson Wentz to be a good play, but I'm worried that he is going to be the tout late riser of the week because he's already getting touted for seasonal fantasy football as a streamer really hard. And mm-hmm. obviously everyone is into Dotson and Samuel after their performances last week. Everyone knows. Like, I, I think that this is the quintessential spot where you you do Wentz and McLaurin with an Amon Ross St. Brown bring back in the spy and then you turn the cards over and Wentz is 11% owned Amon Ross St. Brown's 22% owned and McLaurin is 13% owned and you're like what what am I doing here I'm a little bit worried about that too because part of it too which this is a different like line of thinking than we would have had to do five years ago but it stands out immediately that just because based on just running, you know, market sort of projection and like the value rankings, Washington looks like the lowest owned team compared like the, the like most under owned team. It looks pretty silly. Like Wentz, uh, all three wide receivers, like they all are projecting under 5% P own right now. But yeah, if you're saying people are touting it, that's certainly going to raise it up quite a bit. This game looks really good to me. Goff is a pretty, reasonable optimal percentage for super cheap like i'd rather play him than daniel jones i think because it's like a an easier stack um you know they have a better total as well i think the washington side is great you know deandre swift and um amon ross st brown are probably both going to be fairly popular but i don't think it's going to get out of control and as of press time that this was the game i had circled as being like has the highest upside for the for the peon but if if the peons if the peons stay in line if i'm looking at stuff around around the industry on mm-hmm. sunday morning and if the peons are in line i'll do it i mean the problem is is that i have a, a predisposition to hate terry mclaurin and mclaurin is the play mclaurin would be samuel will get the pub dotson is cheap so those yeah. are going to be the ones that people gravitate towards McLaurin, I think he only saw two targets last week, one of them being yeah. the deep bomb. But I, I think in in the end, I'm just going to decide that spot is not one that I want to pursue and that I would prefer to do Russ or Kyler or Brady or something like that. I mean, I last week I had extremely strong convictions. I knew exactly what I was going to do when it got to Sunday. In week one? Jeez, dude. And I, and I, <laughs> I mean... I ended up having to make a lot of late swaps because McCaffrey did so poorly yeah. and Eli Mitchell got hurt. But every team I made was just a Mahomes double stack and yeah, would have been okay. Team. But I got, I, I didn't play Pittman. I didn't play uh, who was the, Oh, and I didn't play Saquon and GPP either. So I was stone dead. Yeah. And you should, even if you're MME and like, you don't want to, I, w- I, I don't think I actually made it cause I had enough other stuff going on, but I wouldn't have, allowed kelsey Pittman, barkley in the same lineup you know even in, even in 500 well that's... then you and then we we wouldn't have won the million dollars no which we which i suppose we did not you know do you really that was a bummer hate that would love to win a million dollars but you know like you're saying looking around the industry on sunday morning might i suggest a little pub that the free dailyroto.com optimizer uh that has projections by sunday morning they will be they will be the best in the industry. Like we dust everyone at the, at the end, not dust, but you know, they're, they're very good. They, they catch the outliers a little better um, because it goes on some of the extreme when people get, I mean, I, I use, I use our, of course I use our stuff when I building, but I always want to know what specifically for the contest I play in, 
very mm-hmm. different when you're doing 15 teams in the slant or whatever versus like pretty i guarantee everyone i'm playing against in the hundred dollar single entry on DraftKings is looking at the same stuff and so it's right. helpful to know uh what what your opponents are looking at so i, I i'm gonna say probably what i'm gonna end up doing if the Wentz stuff stays in line, I'll probably play him. If it gets, if I see Wentz with a nine percent, ten percent projected ownership, I I think I'm going to play Russell Wilson. I was going to ask that. So there's three like Russ, Kyler, and Lamar are all generally pretty high upside quarterbacks because they have the rushing upside. They are priced up though, and there isn't like as much value as this week. What do you? You got any you got any strong takes there? I think I would like to play them, but I don't know how easy it's going to be to get there. And Ky- like Kyler usually has a very high optimal probability and it's not particularly good this week partially because of that uh elevated price tag. Yeah, I mean the the issue really just becomes how comfortable are you jamming Greg Dorch in tournaments because he's the bin salary receiver. Right. So if you if you're comfortable playing him, then play whoever you want. Well, no, I think you're playing Hollywood because I think if the offense is humming, like he's going to be the dude that gets it done. I think that was a function. I think all the Greg Dorch action was a function of them just not being able to do anything last week. Um, and whatever, Kansas City is not the most terrifying defense in the world. Las Vegas is certainly a bit of a softer landing spot. No, they're they're bad. They're bad defense. The Raiders yeah. are. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it's not like Kansas City you're like freaking out about playing people against. But yeah, and the Raiders are bad. So. I would I would like to get there on Kyler. I'm not sure if I'm going to yet. Uh, similar on on Joe Burrow, who no don't don't play. I I'll I'll just put it out there right now. Do not with T not playing and like an absolutely easy cakewalk win here. I just do I do not see it for like no way is Burrow getting to 42 pass attempts here. So are you just jamming Mixon then? That's why I'm saying our projection is wrong. Like I need to move them to like a 47% run rate or something. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, they, their variance in run to pass rate was, was absurd last year. I remember super, super sensitive to score line effects. Yeah. And middle of the season, you could definitely get, there was a good, I don't know, weeks nine to 12 or something like that, where you could get when they started throwing more and there was the big, remember how much people were talking about like, why is Cincy only running the ball early on in the season? And they didn't, they actually had like two of their first five or six games. They threw 40, 50 times. Like they threw a bunch, a few times, but they also ran a bunch a bunch of times. So it's like, it's a pretty tough thing to project, but if they decide to run, you know, if they decide to throw a lot, obviously there's a lot of, a lot of upside there. It's pretty expensive though. And that's actually to go back to the Stafford and Carr thing, kind of why I don't like them for tournaments. One, they don't run. So they're a little lower variance, but also like to stack them, you probably have to play cup and, or Adams, you know, and that's like, that's a, becomes a very, Oh, that's my, that's my, my, my gold star play of the week is playing $9,900 Cooper cup. And because he is going to be five percent, six percent with the Probably with the available value stuff, and because mm-hmm. everyone's just going to play Adams, and you know if Adams gets twenty two, but Cooper Cup gets thirty four, I mean, you're you're. I mean, at the very least, I feel confident saying I'm absolutely rolling in this Glanskis, playing Cooper sure. Cup at that price. So that's well, really all that matters. Yeah, yeah. Devontae Adams converted Sklansky to real last week. He had 177 air yards and a you know 45% target share. Well, you know, he, I, I he work on our numbers. 
I work on our projections, right? So for our season long mm-hmm. projections, I gave Devonta Adams a 30% target share, which is mm-hmm. higher than anyone else. Okay. You know, I'm talking yeah. to Corrine, I'm talking to Gretch, and they're like, yeah. no way, no way, 30%. He Even had a, with these target hogs like Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro. He had a 48% target share in week one against the Chargers. Sure did. It was brutal. And it did not go well for them. Car looked pretty bad. Like that was car, a- car, looked, car looked horrible, but at the end of the, I mean, they had a chance to win the game if they had the ball to win the game at the end. Um, all right. So sure your favorite GPP quarterback is whom? It's Trey Lance right now. If he becomes 12% owned, no. Uh, but he is yeah. like almost double the optimal probability of everyone else. And I think he's hard enough and weird enough to stack. Like it's a bit of the Lamar thing, right? Oh, like, I would, Lamar- I would, I would literally say don't stack him. I would, I would literally say do another game stack, do a, a Cardinals Raiders game stack or a yeah. Lions Washington football team game stack and play Lance instead. I mean, you can do it, but I do think that's more for a smaller field tournament. That's I what I, Lance that's what I used to do on. when Tyreek and Kelsey were so expensive and Mahomes mm-hmm. was 8,000. That's what I used to do is I used to play Tyreek and Kelsey together with one of the other, with one of their opponents. And then I'd play you know, D- Daniel Jones or, you know, some 5k crappy quarterback in those teams right. instead. But that rare, that wouldn't, win, that wouldn't have won you a large field tournament. That would not win you a million dollars, but it could win you $50,000. Sure. Yeah. If you're playing, yeah. If you're playing the hundred dollars spy, I think it's definitely something more uh, that that's a little more tenable, but I, I, I would say, I would say Ayuk would be your guy with, I think so too, Uh, with Lance. All right. Anyways, running back. So, as I mentioned, Saquon Barkley, Leonard Fournette, Daryl Henderson, Josh Shake, or uh, Joe Mixon. Those are your your chalk spots of the week. Uh, Barkley is go- at Barkley at seventy three hundred as a favorite. I mean, I would I would think he would get to 40 percent in some of these contests. Yeah, I think in higher stakes and smaller field, he's gonna he he will be the most popular running back. I feel relatively confident saying. Yeah, because he so- not only already has like the best points per dollar projection wise, but also like what he did last week and the whole, he's back. Like it's going to get touted a lot. It's an easy talking point. So I think he's going to yes. get a little bit out of control. I think he's a pretty easy short, honestly. I don't know. Like it's not a good offense. I don't feel super good about it. The usage was crazy last week, but you know, what running back is ever going to get 33% market share of targets? Like we're going to talk about that with, uh, you know, we'll talk about the Denver guys in a second here. Um, but I don't know. I think that, I think it's easy to come in under that. It's still not a great total it's really, really hard to just absolutely smash like that um, unless you do what he did last week, which he sure did. I mean, r- rushing bonus and nine targets is pretty is pretty good. Yeah, I will take the under on nine targets. I would take the under on six targets, you know? Like, that's that's the thing. It's like, it's not going to be that. It's not going to be that extreme. Yeah. Um, I, I think Fournette, obviously, is a jam. Um, yeah. As long as he is healthy, he's going to be... I, I think he will probably lead non-JT, non-CMC running backs and high-value touches, maybe even more than Saquon Barkley, honestly. And then the most interesting conversation of the week, though, is what do you do with $5,700 Daryl Henderson, who uh, is, the, is the starter, you know? is, yes. is getting And the, the Rams have the highest team total of any team in the NFL this week. Yeah, so I will say that last summer, I was very into Daryl Henderson when Cam Akers was a first round pick. Like I took a lot of Daryl Henderson because it was just like, I don't know. I don't, it doesn't like totally make sense. I feel like he would be an every down guy. If he's not there, injuries happen all the time. I wasn't expecting a torn Achilles, but I thought, you know, you were getting Daryl Henderson in the 160s or whatever back then. And then 
Cam got hurt and it was like, oh, wow, I'm like I'm dominating basketball this year, bro. It's over, you know, like uh, I'm in such a good spot. It was not that great of a spot. Like Henderson had some good games. I think he's a very good cash piece. I don't love, he doesn't get a ton of receiving work. I don't see the like, I mean, 30 is not really in his range of outcomes. So I don't really love it for tournaments, especially if he's going to be popular, but I, I, I'm willing like, talk to me about it. I'm willing to listen to a counter here. Um, I mean, the counter would just be, he got all the workload you would ever want a running back to get. And he just ran bad on touchdowns and has ran bad on touchdowns in this role in general. Like just thinking back on all those games where he would get like 16 last year, but he would get 16, you know, without a touchdown. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's like, you know, 16 carries against the Falcons, four targets. And then does he score two touchdowns on like, I don't know. I mean, for, for tournaments, it's a little bit underwhelming, but you can also see yourself getting absolutely buried because of the combos you can get with a $5,700 uh, running back. Like, you know, for all the guys who project and I even went conservative on his market share rush. I mean, I gave him 60% market share rush, which is way mm -hmm. less than he had last week. And he projects, points per dollar the same as McCaffrey Swift JT Gibson yeah they've got the highest total they're the biggest favorite they're at home not that home in LA matters uh last week was actually the the hilarious one because the people I uh actually just moved back to the east coast but I lived in LA for the last four years and people do not give a shit if they're football fans they're Raiders fans and the uh, Raiders played against the Chargers in LA last week and that is always the funniest game because it's just like it's literally more <laughs> of the opposing team's fans than the home team's fans but uh, home favorites, massive favorites. Atlanta is not a good defense. I mean, all the contextual factors there, I think it's an absolute lock button in cash, but I think I can talk myself into other things in tournaments. Speaking of Fournette, are you at all worried? I mean, the Bucks total is really poor for the Bucks. It's middling. It's like, norm, you know, last year they were always on a slate like this, especially what if I told you, what if I told you, are gone. What if I told you that's actually bullish for Fournette and super bearish for Evans and Gage and Julio Jones? Well, okay. I'm not, you know, as well as anyone, Evans is one of my boys. I am not really into Evans this week. I do think I like Fournette, but yeah, it's uh, the offensive line's getting hurt. What, so what? Brady's going to dump it off to him even more and he's going to get. I mean, I don't think, I don't think Fournette came off the field until the third quarter. If I remember correctly from that game. I mean, he just is playing every down. Giovanni Bernard Rashad was White out. was in there, but he yeah, played, he Gio... got, he played, he played a little bit. Gio didn't play an offensive snap, no. which is a huge difference from the way they've operated in the past. Um, was a healthy scratch. Yeah. So one, I would say everything is just set up for Fournette to kind of, like, I think what they're doing right now is just like, dude, we just got to get to, we got to get healthy. As many of these guys, we can get back as possible. Let's just win these games. Let's let Len do his thing. If Len breaks down, we got Rashad White. We have Giovanni Bernard, like whatever, but. I, I think Len is going to get like 22 touches a game for the next month, probably. All right. I like it. I'm, I mean, I'm pretty into him this week. It's just, he's not, he last year with in this situation, he would have been like 12, he would have been like more in the 16, 18% optimal range, like a little bit below Taylor Barkley McCaffrey, but not, you know, he's kind of leading tier two, but I think he would have stepped, you know, kind of been in between tier one and tier two, maybe a tier two by himself. And the 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 bad total is definitely part of that. Their offensive line is a little is obviously not in great shape. So a little bit concerning. Um, can you talk yourself into everyone hates Josh Jacobs, right? But like the mega Devontae Adams shock, the mega car shock. Can you talk yourself in the Jacobs running good on the touchdown variance? Arizona's defense no could be the worst. No, 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 because Bolden is in there. 
It yeah. just, I, it's, and it's just like, it's now that they have Devontae Adams, it's like they don't even have to give the ball to Josh Jacobs in the red zone because they have Devontae Adams. I mean, we saw them trying to force, like, it's the same, it's the same thing that would happen in Green Bay. They'd be on the two yeah. yard line and you'd be like, sick, Aaron Jones is going to score. Nope, he's not. They just threw the ball to Devontae Adams because he's a magician. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I can do it either, but I, I'm more interested in Waller as Adams leverage than I am. I, Adams, I'm but. I'm more interested in in a, a version of Jonathan Taylor that's 10% owned in some of these tournaments. Yeah, I think that could happen. Um, I'm, I'm with you there. Uh, I don't CMC will be owned, but he you know he's a thousand dollars cheaper than Taylor. But I don't know that I think CMC is actually fine himself because I wouldn't be playing Barkley and CMC together, even though there is a theoretical game script where. Carolina gets up a lot and the Giants are throwing the ball to Saquon over and over again. Uh, I generally won't play like the bell cow running backs against one another, but so I think he's a reasonable leverage spot over there. Want to talk Nick Chubb. Like we mentioned him last week. Don't really like him. Never catches passes, but he does. And the, the problem with that is he has to run for 150 and two. He has to get a 50 yard touchdown, but it's against the jets. The jets stink. He's not going to be, I I can't I can't get there because I prefer Javante Williams, Antonio Gibson. Gibson in particular. I mean, Gibson looks like, like amazing. Gibson a lot. He looks like yeah. amazing leverage in that game. I mean, they were giving him targets down the field. He looked awesome. Um I like Gibson I, a lot, especially if you're saying people are already talking about the passing stack. That makes Gibson maybe even more attractive. Yeah, it was like the first thing we talked about on the Swolecast this week. People, people are on it. They know. Okay. Um. All right. You want to talk Denver running backs? Let's get, yeah. I think they're both good plays. Honestly, yeah. that's where I'm at. Uh, that I think that's they're both. I think they're both weak. good. I I would prefer Javante because of the passing game usage. Because and I was there's like a real football reason for this too, which is that Russell Wilson doesn't throw to the middle of the field, so running back throws are really easy for him because they're directly in his line of sight, left right. or right, right off the line of scrimmage. Um. And I think that's why they, in in hurry up mode they were just they just kept throwing to Javante, and now if he's going to try and push these moon balls to Judy or Sutton, they're going to be in lots of third and eights, second and tens, and those are great running back pass catching snaps. Yeah, I think they are too. Gordon, uh, you know, Javante outsnapped him. Gordon out carried him, but. Javante had so many freaking dump offs. Obviously, that's I mean, it's, not it's like again, the it's but... like the hunt. It's like the hunt Chubb thing, except yeah. the except the better running back is in the hunt role. Yeah, I think that's probably fair. I don't know that I'm going to be like super excited about either, but you know, just the Javante being ten percent owned and Gordon being three percent owned, like I probably lean Gordon, but I don't really like either of them. Like there were a number of weeks last year where Gordon was like one percent owned. It was like this is a smash, and he would he got his. 80 yards and two touchdowns, but it was 80 yards and two touchdowns. So it's like, all right, great job on the 1% owned guy. But there was also the 17% uh, you know, roster guy that did the exact same thing at the exact same price. So <laughs> didn't bring any leverage. That's kind of the problem with some of these guys, like more for short slates. Like if you're playing, what is that game early or late? Whatever. If you're playing like the PM only and that's that game's on there, that that's when I think you're looking more at Gordon, because I think the, the like lack of ownership there and the lack of dudes he has to beat will be more advantageous than it would be on a full slate. But uh, yeah, that, that's kind of my take there. Um, James, James Connor. No, no, yeah. no. I think, okay. I think as the, as the weeks go on, Eno is going to start playing more and more of those third downs. And then you're talking about Connor needing to score two touchdowns 
and there are mm-hmm. other guys I like to score two touchdowns more. Fair I enough. mean, the, I guess the the one other guy would be Jeff Wilson Jr., who's fifty one hundred. Yeah, I, I'm I'm not going there. You know, it just it's it's like even if he handled, I think even if he handled every running back carry, he still might not score a touchdown because Debo and Lance might just score the touchdowns, and he's not getting there. Lance is not throwing to these running backs. Yeah, I'm gonna pay attention to the news this weekend and see if it sounds like T, uh, TDP is gonna be active. Then I'm probably not playing either. T- TDP I, will be active. I guarantee I it. I am interested in him coming down the line. Like if he actually can do anything, you know, because it's not like they hate rookies. That's not why. What's his name? Trey Sermon never got in there. They hated him because he stunk. You know, Eli Mitchell yes. was a rookie last year too, and he got in there. It's not just the rookie thing. Mason so. Mason was active for special teams, but then didn't get on the field for a snap. I I actually feel pretty good about TDP getting carries this week. Yeah, I I may talk my because I think he will be 02 percent owned. I may talk myself into a sprinkle because it wouldn't be the most shocking thing in the world for him to go nuts. And they have one of the best running scripts going in this whole slate. So if he were to take the take the job, uh, I think that's pretty strong. Damian Harris against a terrible Pittsburgh run defense. Any interest there? I, I would go Ramondre with time on, on the IR. I know. We talked about this last week. But I just, I don't know. Ramondre's role is not like that exciting to me. It's just a third down back on a crappy team. Like, what do you, is that really all that good? Like, the Damian Harris has the smash potential. He has the three touchdowns. Well, Ramondre so like, is the smash potential. If Ramondre gets his work from last week, plus Montgomery's work and they don't bring in, you know, Pierre strong or JJ Taylor or whatever. He's, he's got a better role. Yeah. I think I cut JJ Taylor, but yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a theoretical better role. And I think he probably has a better median projection, but like Damian Harris's ceiling is like usable in tournaments. And I don't think, I, I don't think Ramondre is going to have that. Yeah. Um, That's it. That's all I got. What about Cordero? He did it again. Oh yeah, great, 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 great play at six at six thousand and two percent ownership or whatever. Leverage off of the you know the mega own or or just uh, a bring back thirty point total. Yeah, or or just a bring back with with Cup Stafford. Yeah, not the craziest. Uh, uh, okay, wide receiver, fascinating stuff this week because there are a shit ton of good plays in between in between fifty five hundred and six thousand. We have Amon Ross, A. Brown, Cortland Sutton, Brandon Cooks. Jerry Judy, Deontay Johnson, DJ Moore, uh, Hollywood Brown. I mean, there are so many plays. I I need to tone down our Curtis Samuel projection. This is too high. Let me let me do that here real quick. I was thinking that looked a little nuts, but it's the running that's making him pop so high as an optimal play. It's the twelve percent market share rush TDs, which, which is which is actually less than he got last week. Yeah, for sure. For sure. No, it's loaded out there. And the thing too about like how crazy this slate is, if there's, I actually wanted to mention this, I was thinking about it earlier. If there are like the, got to look out for Sunday night into Monday games, because there's two Monday night football games. It's like the six teams playing. It's the, you know, the Bills, the Eagles, the Vikings, the Bears, like all these interesting fantasy teams. There's a lot of good, that if that slate has some cool tournaments, uh, I'm going to be playing quite a bit of that i think that's a that's definitely an intro i really liked the teams that were there but it's still loaded at wide receiver even without those uh debo top leverage he always will be because he's so expensive he projects poorly but here's the thing with debo he's gonna end up optimal two or three times this year doesn't matter what he costs and i mean like, he almost know, broke this late last week in like the worst game ever yeah and like justin jefferson Devonte adams cooper cup they're gonna be optimal 
three or four times, you know, like one or two more than Debo. It's not that much more. <laughs> it's just, and Debo is going to be half the roster ship pretty much every week. He's looking at a third of Devonte Adams this weekend. So yeah, is Devonte a favorite to beat him? Absolutely. Is he better price per dollar? Yeah. Is the, all the contextual factors better is the floor safe. I mean, this, this 100%. might be Cooper cups. This might be Cooper cups, lowest ownership projection of the season. He's still looking like reasonable so far. Uh, you know, like but 15%. I mean, to play him last year, you had to play him with 30% of the field. In yeah, in your tournaments for sure. I think in I think in the smaller field, higher dollar tournaments, you're absolutely right. This is gonna be crazy low Cooper Cup relative to that. Because you're right, everyone's last year, just like, gonna play Tyreek or Devontae Adams instead. Yeah. I think that is probably true. Um, I think in large field tournaments, he's still gonna be owned enough that I'm not looking to like get a huge smash over there. Um, Debo's the one that even in large field, like always ends up just like stupid low on. So I think I'm gonna go there a bit amon rossi brown um my favorite you know, play of the be, week he's gonna be popular but yeah it's a great game i don't even i don't All even th- care this dude this dude has seven straight games with a 30 percent target share greater touchdowns in six of his last seven games i mean he is just a wide receiver one he really is he's gonna be a second round pick next year yeah it, it could happen he's yeah it's been nuts uh, all right, Dorch. What are your What are your thoughts on Mr. Dorch, the slot wide receiver for the Arizona Cardinals? Yeah, I'm not really into these tiny slot guys. You know what I mean? Not really a tiny slot guy. And I'm listen, I'm not I'm not into them. I'm not into them in the grander scheme of things. But on DraftKings.com, I am very into them. No, I think that's fine. I do want to make a brief aside uh, because I feel like it is somewhat my patriotic duty to wage war on the Davis Maddock misinformation campaign. I mean, I think that's actually part of your job description. I think it actually is. You're you're not kidding. Uh, But last week we had a bit of a a talk about the size of wide receivers and whether or not that had any bearing on where they play. And you're like, bro, that's just like, that's not how NFL teams think anymore. It's just, they, they don't do that. And so I just for the hell of it, uh, because I am a you know nerd about data stuff. Just logged, you know, just happened to check all of the four thousand or so wide receiver snaps that were logged last week in passing plays, uh, and then made a weighted average to see what the average uh, height and weight were. And I will say the average height of an outside receiver was uh, about it was they're an inch and a half taller and like three and a half pounds heavier than your average slot receiver, which is a whole hell of a lot over the course of uh over 4000 no. snaps so and you have Chase Claypool at 240 pounds like taking away that so what you're saying is totally true i don't disagree with that what's different is that teams don't mind having their best wide receiver being a slot wide receiver anymore that used to be a huge you you would never want to have your slot wide receiver being your best slot your best sure. wide receiver but now okay. teams would prefer that they they you you want Cooper Cup in the slot you want justin jefferson to be able to play out of the slot yeah okay that is different and i will i can agree with that i think we can there's a little there's room for both of us to but be it's right like here. it's it's like three compromise. years ago five years ago garrett wilson would have never been a first round pick or chris alave 185 190 pound dudes who are like half and half outside slot stuff right right yes because the best x receivers and z receivers i forget which one is which whatever the best outside receivers do still play like 20 30 percent of the slot as much as their team can handle it the thing is like a a good slot receiver cannot necessarily play on the outside but a good outside receiver can always play in the slot 
and yes, it can be more advantageous. Look what we see with Christian Kirk, right? Like him moving. He was he was full time in the slot last year for um, for I, I almost said St. Louis for Arizona, but he was an outside receiver primarily. Before that, he was more productive last and year. He was, and he's he was off to a horrible. Smash start. He was horrible outside. Yeah, exactly because it's easier to play a slot. So that's yes. why I think like the big thing is like Drake London, Christian Watson. Those are the receivers that should have been drafted high this year. Like I I was you know talking about whatever sky Moore. he is tiny he's 510 190 that is that is like 20 that is like 10th percentile height and 30th percentile weight he is a small guy and so is wandale robinson and so is dotson a little bit um some of these guys are just like you know littler dudes i forget there was another one that i that was like an important one but i am like much more bullish on the just because the superstar potential on drake london or christian watson is considerably higher so those are more di- my dudes. I guess this. I mean, we could segue that back into the thing. Does that either of those guys interest you this week? London or well, Watson's not on this slate. Uh, London, London does for sure because he's a bring back to the highest total, and he looked really good in his first game uh, against what's supposed to be a good defense. The Saints' defense is supposed to be very good. Um, and so, yeah, they I mean, are. The Rams, the Rams' defense is also supposed to be good. Yeah, and the Saints. So. I guess this is worth noting because we don't usually talk a lot about shadow stuff, but Marshawn Lattimore like ate up Kyle Pitts. I talked about that a little bit last week. You know, he does a really good job on the really big guys. He's always given Mike Evans a lot of trouble. So Drake London was the low hanging fruit. He had the easier matchup. Where do you think Jalen Ramsey goes? Like he doesn't always shadow, but he's, he's very big for a cornerback. So my inclination would be that maybe he would go after Kyle Pitts if they think that he's the bigger threat. Um, which would again I don't I don't think they like to I don't I don't think they like to move Ramsey to the interior all that often though oh they do no they they did a bunch last year yeah then yeah he'll be on pits he'll do what he'll he'll go where the top guy is if they decide that the top guy is worth going after Um, yeah um let's see who are some other guys here who are I mean Sterling Shepard I think is interesting um Christian Kirk I think is like a really strong correlated play to Jonathan Taylor if you're if you're doing that, what about, what about Judy versus Sutton? Which one of those guys do you think is stronger? I prefer Sutton. I am a little perturbed by the fact that the industry seems to as well, because Judy is a little bit cheaper and they still have like the same peon as of right now. Um, Sutton had a 19 a dot last week. You know, Judy had the bomb, but he was a little bit, he, Judy played a lot in the slot actually, um, which is part of why KJ Hamler had such a, had such a rough time, but um, they wanted to play Judy more in the slot. I think he's good, but Sutton is the big time, like absolute nuke kind of guy to me. So I definitely prefer him. What about, what about you? I mean, I just think Judy, like now once Judy showed me he can score a long touchdown, that was like all I needed to see to be all in on him. Like once he, once he demonstrated that ability, on the outside. Cause like, I didn't sure. really know if he could do that at the NFL level. Like I, I knew he was a good route runner and all that stuff, but like shaking off the the defensive back and outrunning the other one, like that was a hell of a play. It I, really I, was. It was against yeah. Seattle, but it was, it was a hell of a play. Yeah, it was. It was a hell of a play. So, Sutton's uh, just to, to the, to the size thing, like Sutton's a monster. So like, yeah, I think he's, I like he's him a, better too. Yeah, he is. Um, Let's see who else here. Uh, the uh the the Miami guys. I mean, Tyreek Hill had like uh roughly a bajillion targets last week. I actually yeah. probably need to bump him up a little bit more in our stuff because we look a little bit lower than uh than consensus on him. But man, does he look like a play? 
yeah, 28% market share targets is pretty healthy. I think that's uh I think that's fine. I didn't think Tua was amazing, but yeah, they're just dumping it off over and over again. So like they can get work done. Waddle and Hill are obviously both very shifty. I worry that someone's going to figure that out. I don't know what the counter to that is, you know, like as a football guy, but I feel like if you're only, you know, it's kind of the, the inverse or the opposite of the, what people were doing to Mahomes last year a little bit when they just started dropping everyone back and making him throw underneath. It's like, you can't have the deep ball. Like there's got to be a version of that where you're like, well, you can't have all these all these dump offs. To be fair, the Patriots did it for a dozen years, and no one seemed to really stop it that often. But I imagine there, if he if he Brady Alt really showed that he had the deep ball, and if Tua does not, I, I I worry a little bit that people will take that away eventually. But yeah, I think I think they're fine. I think part of my thing last year last week we were talking. I wanted to be short Miami in general because. We'd seen some two. It wasn't that good. And why I liked him last year was just we didn't know. And it seemed like everyone was on him. And it kind of reminded me of Carolina last year. I don't think that's the case, though. Like, actually having gone around and listened to some stuff. And, like, see, it seems like the, the world is pretty down on Tua. So, in that case, like, why not? I don't, you know, we don't have enough tape to know that he stinks. It's not like Sam Darnold was last year. Um, I think there is upside there. So, I think they're fine. I, think, I don't I think really there is too. I mean, there's some upside if, if Lamar uh I I'm a fully a full subscriber to this conspiracy theory that Lamar doesn't want to run until they pay him. Mm-hmm. Uh only only six rushing attempts against the freaking Jets with no Kenyon Drake last week. I mean, so if this game gets I uh, you know, Miami was the number one team in pass rate above expectation last week. If there's 70 passing attempts in this game, Bateman, Andrews, Tyreek, Waddle, they're all strong plays. Yeah, I think that's fine. Uh, the biggest slot receiver in the league is one Chase Claypool. He looks to be pretty, pretty low-owned, and I think he's fine. Trubisky stinks, but he's going to get easy stuff. He got a bunch of targets last week. He can score touchdowns. Patriots might be a mess. I don't know. What do you got? What if, what if he's the Debo, bro? Yeah, dude. <laughs> six, <laughs> six carries, bro. Yeah, that's um, kind of part of what I'm saying. If he turns into, like, Debo Light and he's forty seven hundred dollars now. You know, like that's not gonna last. Yeah. Uh. All right. I think that's. I think that's good at wide receiver. Tight. Wait, end. wait, wait. Mike Michael Thomas though. What do you? Oh think? yeah, he's back, man. And they're they 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 didn't let Jameis you know cook the whole way. They didn't let him cook the entire dinner. There was it was not a four course meal. But they said Jameis, you go crazy with the appetizers. You know whatever whatever <laughs> you want for the appetizers, Jameis. You cook like it wasn't. It wasn't, you know, Tampa Bay Jameis, but it also wasn't last season Jameis. Now, part of that is going to be scoreline effects. I think they were literally down for the entirety of the game until they kicked the field goal at the end. But I don't know, man. The 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 concept of Jameis cooking with Jarvis Landry, Michael Thomas, Chris Olave, Avin Kamara, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. You would love to see. I mean, Jameis was a – he he made – let us not forget that Mike Evans and Chris Godwin were fantasy stars before Tom Brady came to town. They were awesome with Jameis in that last year when he threw 30 touchdowns and 30 interceptions. I will say the most surprising thing I saw in the entire week that just stood out to me is like, what the Jarvis Landry was like fourth in air yards <laughs> last week. Has that, that is highest in his career on a week. I would, I would, that's probably the, that's, that's the Jameis effect, man. I apparently, yeah. He just needed a real downfield threat. The other nine years of his career or whatever weren't enough to let you know what was going on with Jarvis Landry. But yeah, he got some downfield stuff. Thomas didn't as much, but I don't know. Yeah, I, I think that New Orleans is fine. Tampa Bay is a really good defense. It's a little bit scarier, but they're fine. Yeah, they're fine.
Um, all right, tight end. Tyler yeah. Higby somehow is showing up in all the optimals, which is just because they don't have a third wide receiver and they don't even really have a second wide receiver either because Allen Robinson's there and the line is so bad. They're just throwing all these passes to Tyler Higby. Waller obviously is a great play. Uh, Albert, Albert O is actually the good. I mean, he, he ran a bunch of routes. Uh, Logan Thomas seems like a good play. Brevin Jordan as the punt play, you know, it's not a very inspiring position when Travis Kelsey doesn't play. No, it's not great. Actually, Ben Skoronek was one of the, he was like the second biggest slot receiver. He, he, he did. <laughs> he did get six targets last week. Uh-huh. No, I think Higby ends up the stupid chalk. I don't, I don't think I want to really mess with that. Like, yeah. Is he the most, is he going to end up? I mean, as of right now, we do not have him as the most likely we have Waller as the most likely, but is he a real good shot to do well as a cheap tight end with a, on the team with the highest total? Absolutely. If Higby, if freaking Tyler Higby ends up 15% on, I'm definitely coming in under and then expect the, the brutal smash. I think Waller is my favorite tight end play. I do really like him as leverage off of Devontae Adams, who is going to be one of the most, you know, but looking right now, like the most popular player on the entire slate. So I think Waller is, is pretty, pretty strong. If I'm spending down, I don't know, like, yeah, there's Logan Thomas, that whole Washington passing offense actually looks lit like that. This could be this could be disastrous. I, think it, I mean, it could just be a total. Just... It could be a total one week aberration against the the Jacksonville Jaguars. You know, could could see it going in a lot of different ways. Yep. Do you like Hayden Hurst got a ton of work after T Higgins went out? Can I talk you into that thirty six hundred or are you just yeah still yeah he saw he saw anything? no he saw he saw seven targets. I mean, the thing is, is that what what you will realize when you do fantasy content for a living is the barrier for a tight end to do well in a given week is so low. I mean, Andrew Beck, two catches for 53 yards last week was the tight end 14 of the whole week. Mm -hmm. I mean, you just don't have to do anything at tight end. No, some weeks it is. And this is kind of one of those puke slates where it's like, yeah, there isn't. I well, mean, there's no, it, no, Kelsey, Waller, no, but no, no Kelsey, Kelsey, no Kittle. Kittle's right. injured too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Pitts is maybe not a fantasy superstar just yet. I actually, so Pitts, I think we'll probably – be a little bit popular i don't i i'm worried enough jalen ramsey is one of the few guys that you like actually are worried about and i think that i would be a little scared of pits this week but i think it's gonna be buy time on him like real soon it's, i mean I another think, stinker like i think the theory with kyle pitts is you should just treat him like a stack in baseball like i just stack the cubs five days a week because I think their team is good and I don't know when it's going to hit, but it's going to hit. I, it becomes not a great example of that. Uh, yeah. Doesn't they matter. Were five years ago. Yeah. Five <laughs> years ago. Five years ago. We've been doing fantasy were. content for a living for a while, bro. Yeah. So where it's like, I don't know when Kyle Pitts is going to have eight catches for 120 yards and two touchdowns, but I feel pretty confident he's going to do it one of these days. And yeah. so to just be totally price insensitive, matchup insensitive and just be like, I'm just gonna one. I'm just gonna play a bunch of Kyle Pitts every week. Yeah, he's like shitty Debo. <laughs> he's like tied. He's like tight end Debo on a worse team. Yeah, yeah. sounds yeah. awesome. Uh, I mean, Isaiah Likely's twenty five hundred. He did. He didn't. I he, don't think he, he caught a pass, but he got he, four he, or five he, targets. And he ran as many routes as Duvernay did. Yeah, and I think the Ravens just didn't give didn't care last week it was it was ugly i was like wait a minute lamar threw for three touchdowns like imagine like if you just get that remember how many times last year where it was like oh he ran for 90 and one and threw for 195 yards 
but only had the one touchdown and, you know, threw two picks. So he didn't quite get there. If you just had the three touchdowns for Lamar, it's like, he's a freaking coin flip to be the number one QB, even on a 13 game slate. And yeah, it was not, it's not what you want. For sure. Um, okay. Defense normally not going to go that deep into it, but there is like, people are going to be forced to a huge decision this week in single entry contests with the Cincinnati Bengals as the Bengals are, our top projected defense and the cheapest defense on the slate. Yeah. Basically the only time this will ever happen. Um, what it's do you a, do? What do you do? It's an, I mean, it's an easy fade. If one entry. That's, so that's what no I, that's what I here. said. That's what I, I mean, but again, you know, this is one of those things. It's like, also it's like on a Wednesday and you're in a DFS uh, discord. It's like, you got nothing else to talk about. So argue about, sure theory of defense for a while i mean i but the the up to the other thing that you have to consider is you know the field is getting more self-aware so like last week great example the commanders you run an op you click optimize on any optimizer you're getting the commanders right Mm -hmm. but everyone knows that so the commanders didn't even end up being the most owned defense the dolphins ended up being the most owned defense and the vikings picked up a bunch of ownership right and the, and the and dolphins they, smashed <laughs> but well no and then you want to go a level further the the leverage defense was the jaguars defense who was against the commanders they were the same price they ended uh-huh. up being like six percent owned even which yeah. is like that which is i mean three years ago this never like nothing like this ever happens you know yeah, I think defense is really it's getting to that. There I forget there was something I actually I will think of this some other time. But something about the stability of like poker rooms like online there, there was a thing about like, you know, when the sharp, you know, the, the casuals get chased off but then the sharps over leverage themselves and like what are you doing to it eventually reaches It's, you know, it's called it's called it, yeah, you you level you point. level you level yourself. You go a level of thinking too deep. Yeah. We yeah, galaxy braining. I suppose we literally just went a level of thinking too deep, rather instead of just calling it freaking galaxy braining, because that is uh that is what people do. But yeah, I don't know. Cincinnati is obviously if they're twenty percent owned, it's not going to be good. They're a great play theoretically. You know, Cooper Rush is probably not very good, but uh, you know, it's a defense. Like they're still ten to one to be the top defense. So I don't think I'm gonna. I'm certainly not gonna go over the field. Um, I just never play more than 15% of the defense. Like there's ones I like usually, you know, and there's like ones that I'll like kind of try to get a little bit higher on, but um, I don't know. Pittsburgh, I think is one that's worth doing that with this week. They're kind of a weird gimmicky yeah. defense. They like, they, I think they kind of killed Burrow. It's funny. You know, he, Burrow only got one QB hurry registered against him last week. Like they weren't blitzing. They didn't get a ton, you know, they got okay pressure on him, but it was more just like since he just seemed just out of sorts. They were just out uh, of sorts. Yeah. Yeah. But Pittsburgh, you know, New England also seems out of sorts. I think Pittsburgh's a fine play. Uh, the Rams are very expensive, which will keep people off of them, but they've got two really good playmakers and they're playing against a pretty bad team in Atlanta with a really low total. I think that's fine. Uh, the, oh, the Browns, they're also not super cheap, but I mean, my God, that pass rush, you know, Miles Garrett is one of the better players in in football it's very very good um i don't know flacco is like more of a professional quarterback you'd almost rather that against zach wilson so it's more of a high floor thing than anything else do you think max max leverage max leverage cowboys defense sure actually bro let's do that okay the cowboys are sort of the classic they have everything you want in a fantasy defense 
because like they do all this well, no crazy they're not gonna stuff. but they're not gonna face any passes though is the problem that may be true if they're yeah if they're that bad but like they're they do all this crazy stuff and they make a lot of mistakes like Trayvon Diggs is your ultimate like fantasy cornerback right because he gives up oh, like, part I mean yard bombs and he and he par- runs Parsons, pick sixes too. Parsons too exactly Parsons is actually good though I'm like Trayvon was wasn't last year but yeah um, yeah but yeah, exactly. They have they can put all, on a lot of pressure. They can cause a lot of turnovers. The Bengals, I mean, I think the Bengals are going to be fine. I think that O-line probably is better. I, none of them played in the preseason at all. I think that's probably a big part of it, but I don't know. Uh, it's not the it's not the dumbest thing in the world. What about the Colts against the, uh, the Jaguars? Seems fine. I, I got no, I got no, I got no defensive takes. I won't get there. I won't d- develop one until Sunday morning. Other than right, that, so let's just talk a game stacker too. Then like what your favorite, what you're, where, you know, cause we did talk about the stacking a little bit as we went through. Well, Wash- it's gotta be about. Washington, Detroit. It's, I mean, Deandre Swift might not play. He's got, he's not practicing on Thursday. You got all these, you got three wide receivers, a tight end and a running back. You can use for Washington. Like it's, 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 unreal i also think tampa bay new orleans is kind of interesting if the saints cook if there's if there's saints cookitude you know if we got olive oil garlic and basil on the stove with Jameis, like mike evans mike thomas Jameis, like i don't know but washington detroit is my big take you're really pulling out all the analogies here lately man I, i'm really I like hungry this. i didn't i didn't eat i didn't eat lunch i didn't eat lunch today podcasting. i'm hungry uh okay well, you should go get some food. Yeah, I think, listen, Detroit-Washington certainly jumps off the page. As the ob- it, It's like maybe a little too obvious, and maybe that's going to get out of control. I don't know. And then Vegas-Arizona is – it's just too expensive, I think. Unless some, like, crazy um, value opens up, I don't think – And, and anytime there's game. an overlap between the top cash game wide receiver and your favorite wide receiver in GPPs, like, that guy's just going to be so owned. Like, Adams is just going to be so owned. Yeah. I think the Denver – uh, Denver will be lightly owned. I think Russ to Sutton. I think you're good single stacking and hoping that Russ can run a fair amount or you play like Alberto as the second piece to get really cheap. And then Cooks will get his ownership, but it's a decent bring back. It's pretty simple. You know, like if that if Houston stays competitive, Cooks is probably going to have a pretty big game. So I think that's a pretty good one that's a little bit more under the radar. Um, yeah, there's it's it's an it's it's a pretty odd slate, I think. It is. It is. A, I mean, it's we. It feels like a a, a week seven slate with four teams on. But I mean, we have because we have the Chiefs and Chargers are off the slate. Who's Sunday night football this week? Like Green Bay and Minnesota, I think. Sunday night football or this week. Buffalo, Tennessee. So there you go. This. You lose. You lose. You lose the Bills. You lose the Chiefs. You lose the. Tri- I mean, that's those are the three highest scoring teams in football. They're all off the main slate. Right. Or sorry, Green Bay is playing Chicago. Minnesota is also playing. But it's like, yeah, it's a lot of. It's unfortunate. It's a lot of teams I want to buy in the bounce back on who didn't do well in week one. Like the, I want to be stacking Packers right now on this main slate for this week too. Like that's what, that's a that's a spot I would like to go after. But I don't know. There's there's some good plays. There's a lot of good wide receivers, but the stacks of the games are a little bit trickier. They're not as like attractive on the whole as I normally would like. Yeah. I'm I'm with that. I mean, I I I just to be honest, Thursday afternoon, you know, normally I'm good for like I'm for sure playing these guys. I knew who I was playing last week on on Thursday, mm-hmm. but I don't I don't really know right now. I think maybe maybe I'm gonna lean Miami Baltimore. Actually, I was about that was the last one I was gonna maybe bring up. I think that's a I think that one's worth going after. There's a, there's yeah. a lot of upside there. There's some real variance. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, if Lamar throws a little bit more, if Miami just can't run against Baltimore and they're just, I mean, you know, Waddle 10 catches, Tyreek 12 catches, like just can really add up. And it's just them, right? Like Jasicki's, you know, he's out. Like there's, you know, I mean, you're not playing Durham Smythe. So it's like you play Waddle or Tyreek. You play Lamar with Whack-A-Mole. Obviously, Andrews, is the, we didn't even mention him in tight end, but that guy's a really good play. He has, he will have a couple hundred yard, two touchdown games this year. Yep. Um, this no could doubt. be one of them. This could yeah. be one of them. Um, all right, boys, we're going to get out of here. Good luck this week. I'll be back tomorrow morning with uh, Rich Rebar, and uh, we will, uh, we'll see y'all then. Good luck. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.